Let me ask you something. Have you realized that what happens in your mind actually shows up in your reality? Are you living your dream life or your worry life? Welcome to the Dream Team Podcast, where we will reverse engineer what our wonderful and successful guests have done to create a life that they love. So you can too. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, or hello. Wherever you are in the world, you are listening to the Dream Team Life podcast. And this is our Thursday episode where we go back over the details of our Monday episode, in this case, with the lovely Kelly Ab- Ablano. Ab- Albano. Albano. I knew I, but I hadn't really written it down. I wouldn't remember what it was, right? And um, she is the, was, is definitely the most extraordinary lady who coaches yes. women how to be man magnets. So that I is that. a very cool job to have. Yes. So She runs the Man Magnet Academy. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So hi, everybody, before we get, we get into get this. In so there, can, get in yeah. there, Get in Just there. Just say hi to everybody. Thank you very much for coming back to listen to us. This interview has been... So far, you know, so for my expectation, my mind was blown. And I think this will relate to many, many women and men as well, you know, because now, you know, men and women share the same type of, uh, of anxieties and problem. And it was really, really good. So, Lisa, how about we go to the principles that we learned from this? The principles that we've learned. Um, well, there are quite a lot, but I mean, they're a little bit different to our ordinary principles because... Most of the principles are leaning towards relationships, but they are actually applicable. The relationship principles apply to everything. So, but we'll, yes. we're going to be talking about principles we learned about how do you how you manifest love and relationship, um, yeah. and what is necessary. But these principles are applicable to other parts of your life as well, because most of the manifestation principles are generalistic. So, the first thing we learned um, was to, that she had. So Kelly had basically learned um, that your childhood causes wounds that are life-lasting and massively life-affecting and particularly affecting in your relationships if they're not healed. Now, what the hell does that mean in English? What she was referring to is the experiences we have in childhood, sometimes quite innocent experiences, like you might have a busy mother or you might have a mother who's very stressed or anxious, or you might have an angry father, or you might have overly doting, terrified that you might get hurt parents. Yeah, overprotective parents. Yeah, Overprotective parents. So so whether your parents are inadvertently overprotective or inadvertently abandoning you or anything in between, it has an effect on us. And that effect... Yeah, she said on the first 10 years ten of your years. life. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I've heard that the first seven years particularly, but the first 10 years, it's but, but you know, because we have no um, ability to to be um, to be logical to analyze yeah. in those early yeah. years. We don't have a critical mind. That's no what critical mind. We're says. just yeah, soaking no it up, mind. aren't we? We're yeah. soaking it up we're like just, a sponge. You're just putting it into your pores, you know, completely yeah. unconscious, not filtering. And then that uh, creates that modifies some behavior and it's actually on on most um um uh, self-worth self-empowerment most techniques will go through that but she specifically 
put it towards relationships. So she saw from her mother, her mother was bipolar and her father was, was this word? I can't say. A misogynist. Yeah. So women, if anyone isn't sure. Yeah. So she kind of, she didn't know. And it took her two very, very uh, hard marriages and two very painful divorces to be able to finally see you know, so this is, and the, the, the thing that I li like about this part is that she's now uh, blessed and now she lives a wonderful life and now she can look back and be grateful for those experiences because if she hadn't been able to, or she hadn't gone through those, she would have been able to build what she's building now to help other women overcome this, this type of anxiety and become men magnets. Yes, but she's basically living a life as a, an entrepreneur selling mm -hmm. her expertise in an area that she's only that, that her journey her mess her experiences have given her such insight and the learning for her own self-healing has given it even greater insight so that now she can turn around and actually help others and make a life that she loves as a successful entrepreneur you know standing alone you know which is so incredible we live in a world where if you have expertise you can help others and actually make a living out of it and she's one of yes. those lovely people yeah. and now that you said about the mess she said something that i think is very useful make your mess your message something yes, like that yes, yes. So how was it do your you message, your message. Yes. No. Your mess. Make your mess. Your message. That is a hundred percent the case. And and that's mm -hmm. something when because um, I do a bit of business coaching. That's something we teach everyone, and, mm -hmm. and particularly speakers. Like if you want to speak, you want to speak about your experience, your mess, your story. Is usually the mess into a transformation, yeah. and 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 what a transformation. Um. So um, specifically, I think this will reach out to so many people. If you're a woman and you've ever dated and you've ever dated. Um, a relation in a relationship with a man is narcissistic and so that's really sort of ego driven and and possibly a bit full of himself and thinking he's kind of super cool yeah i and never I, never accept not compassionate problem. not empathetic that's tend to be there's a, and it's quite a modern disease because we've all got a bit full of ourselves in the last 20 years so yeah. um, you know it is it is unfortunate that the narcissists are far more common and and anyone can have a little bit of a narcissistic attitude myself yeah. included uh, mm -hmm. And in fact, it's something that um, it helps you succeed. But it's when it gets over the top, when it's overbalanced and men become yeah. wholly narcissistic, they can be quite toxic to date. And yes. so um, she found this experience with her, her previous husbands. But she looked into said, why was she attracting men of a narcissistic nature? Why do so many of us, and I've done it too, attract men of a narcissistic nature? Well, because mm -hmm. of her childhood wounds, she felt that she tended to, um, she she felt out of control in her childhood, and and often many of us do. For for, for not even if our, our parents might be delightful, but we still might feel out of control. It's the nature of being a child to maybe feel yeah. a bit out of control, and and then that that starts to build a story that we tell ourselves, and then we start to we feel out of control, and then we start to control, and when we start to control, we start to limit, and then we start to have actions like, for example, and she shared people pleasing and um, um, you know. Be, uh, be attracting uh, emotionally unavailable people yeah. and 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 getting into unhealthy patterns with men and this was all the results of this needing to control and we've all done it the anxiety he hasn't phoned i mean this mm -hmm. there's so many books yeah. written about this oh my god i've had three dates and he hasn't phoned does he love me 
Well, you've had three dates, but I have done that. I have, you get so excited, you meet somebody. Oh my God, when's he going to call? He doesn't call. I'm horrible. He didn't call me. And, it, you know, we're just, and then we're like, what do I do? You know, what do I do? I used to, I actually, oh my God, this is embarrassing. When I was 19, I actually, when the guy didn't call me, I took him flowers. I mean, oh. I was 19. Oh. I took the guy flowers. I oh mean, you know, I was doing what I wanted, right? So I was like, well, you know, I'd like it if a man brought me flowers. So I took the guy flowers. I don't think he really appreciated the flowers. But, you know, you live and learn. I was 19. Forget well, you were not with him now, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't, it didn't get me very far, that one. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because, you know, some people might find it ridiculous that you did something when you were 19 and you're not with him. So that might be normal. But, you know, I did something when I was 19 and I'm still with him. <laughs> 25 oh, years later. I know. I know. And so we kind of have the both sides of the coin here, you know. Yeah, we, the, we have me who's had probably a thousand dates and uh, been engaged, yeah. married once, engaged three times, but never married again. <laughs> Imagine yeah. that. Yes. Uh, yeah. And and I've, I've had Marissa. like. Yeah, I've had like two boyfriends before him and then I've been here with him for 25 years. So, you know, yeah. I think we would be the perfect, you know, yin and yang. of the yin and yang the, on this for sure. We definitely see different yeah, sides so, of the coin on this one. Yeah, we can give good advice. So, um, so it's quite interesting that, um, you know, your so your parents show up. She said your, your, your the relationship you have with the parents, your experience with your parents will show up in everything you do. For the rest of your life, if you don't actually come to terms yeah. with it, and I think, and this is massive. I mean, this is true in not just relationships, it's true in every part in of everything. Life, but, we, yeah. but her focus was on relationships. Um, she did say something very interesting. I don't know if you have that next on your yeah. list. She said, "You kind of learn from your parents on on on, on whatever you're confronting." So, in her case, with well, the relationship, their attachment style. Ah, uh, yes. I thought that was a very interesting term because we all uh, experience attachment. And that is one of the biggest um, jobs that we're here to do, just to be free from attachment and connected with love. Yes. So when you learn a style of attachment, you know, I think the trick there or the thing to pay attention is that you don't know that you feel attached because you've seen it in your, your parents' relationship as normal. Mm, mm, mm. right so you see that that's normal so you go and repeat it uh, unconsciously and the same happened with narcissistic relationships the same happens with addictive uh if you have you know alcohol if you, that's why they say if your parent is alcohol your uh, grandfather your father and you're going to be an alcoholic mm. it's because it's it's not um nothing to judge it's just a perspective that you can detach from that because it's just a learn well not just it has lots of things else but it's a learned behavior because you sort of it as normal so you develop a type of attachment which is very very interesting yes yeah and i mean um i just wanted to mention that so i had an interesting experience in my very very early years and i i had most loving parents they're no longer with us but they were i i was so lucky i had the perfect childhood and yet i still ended up with abandonment issues and you know it's only recently and i've had to dig really deep like why on earth could i have abandonment issues i wasn't abandoned by my parents i mean apart from that i had it 
evil younger brother. But apart from that, and that in a way that I was abandoned because the love went to him. But but that was later. I was nine by then. Oh, so, yeah. But maybe it's, you know, it's just because you were so, I, I don't want to say, I don't want it to sound bad. but my parents. Were, yeah. No, because, yeah, because you were so together because you had yeah. a brother when you were eight or nine. Yes, nine. So you've been a single kid for eight or nine years. Yeah. I was so then, yeah. So you did feel that, uh, even though most likely it wasn't true, you no, felt like someone was taking a, something was yeah. taken away, and yeah. you know that happens to most elder, the firstborn. Really? To my daughter, yeah, to my daughter as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's very interesting. Sister, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was really like um, not like liking my brother being, but it's been too long. I think if you're like two or three years apart, but when you start to have a massive age gap, and um, but also, the thing, also is, the thing is also that you required a lot of attention. Because yeah, I, I, do, I still do, darling. I still yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a thing, you know. So not all firstborn will go through that, you know. Mm. My my sister, her she has two kids, and they are eight years apart. And my nephew adores her little sister. You know, oh. he protects her like crazy. And then I see my kids are fighting. Mm. All the time, you know. That's I, I it. You know, and it may have something to do with the personality of the children and you know their DNA. And um, yeah. but but I also in my in my but I found something else out that um in my first two years I was scared of the dark. Actually, the first five years of my life I was scared of the dark. And now this might seem innocuous. This is what we're talking about: childhood wounds. I would scream in the middle of the night, wake up, and go and jump in my parents' bed, and they very politely would pick me up and put me back in my bed, where I was immediately terrified again. Now, they were just kind of being very charming and loving and go back to your own bed, sweetheart. But they didn't understand how scared I was. I was really scared. Now, so what I've yeah. thought about is like, okay, so I never felt safe. I woke up and I was I was scared to go to bed. I was scared. To this day, I'm a night owl. And I bet you that has something to do with the fact that I was scared of going to bed and going to sleep. It wasn't oh, a good experience yes. for me. Yes. I didn't like it. And so that's a childhood wound that has many effects on me. And it yeah, was you don't know. Means. Yeah, and you don't know what's happening. No. And exactly. So it makes me anxious. So I am a hundred percent one of the, the clients um of of uh Kelly in that um I will try to control relationships because I'm anxious and the man has to make me feel really safe and that isn't what men are about. So consequently Well no they are, they can be, but you have to feel safe first. Yeah, well you have to feel yes, I mean that's not true. There are men who but but I have probably also have one of those. the challenge. I've attracted mm -hmm. the challenge of men who who would not there to make me feel safe and um and i'm still trying to live learn that lesson <laughs> yeah so it was quite an interesting um quite an, quite an interesting interview for me personally yeah. but but moving on mm -hmm. um so she um kelly had this experience of two failed marriages and recognizing her childhood wounds caused her just like me to have anxiety and attract narcissistic people and then she had a spiritual awakening. Now, she didn't actually explain what changed that, but she did go into the details that, that she... she, no, she did say. She did say, remember, that she was in Disney. In Disney? And watching... Yeah, I... I, uh, hmm. I, was, I wasn't listening to my own podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. I think you were distracted taking notes. It was I so, was you know, so many notes. She did say she um, went to Disney. I'm not sure if she, she said that she 
had a daughter by then already. I think she said that she took her daughter to Disney. And yeah. then she started seeing all these beautiful couples and these perfect family pictures, you know. Oh, and then yeah, when she that. arrived and she was crying behind her eyeglasses, her sunglasses, you know. And okay. then she, when she arrived that night, she felt so wounded. She felt, you know, she was crying and she was, oh, my God, Lord, please help me. Because she's a Christian, That's very strong right. in her faith. I, did, I was listening. I remember it now. I just couldn't yeah. remember it. It was there only, was guys, it was only half an hour ago. That's how, how my short my memory is. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. that's, you know, she said, please, please guide me. Please help me. I don't want this anymore, you know. And, and yeah. then she kind of fell asleep crying and she woke up with all of these blessings activated. You know, she could hear things. She could see things. She could sense things. You know, and, and it, that as well must have been a hard experience because as we were talking on the interview, all of a sudden you have all this knowledge, and, but you, are, you have to, your soul or your, yourself has to grow up to the knowledge until you understand it and you process it. So, but she was blessed with that and she, she learned to, and she learned to, she trained on that as well with an intuition doctor, I think she said. Yes, she, she went to a medical intuition doctor and she, she started working on that because she thought she wanted to be a medical intuitive, but actually that she felt that was like a really heavy thing to do and she's very yeah, much more about so playful yes. and living yeah, so with she, light and joy. So she kind of tuned in with her intuition, which is the most important thing that we can do. Tune into the intuition is like tuning into yourself. And we've heard your this. Soul. We've mm-hmm. heard this. Or yes. almost every podcast we've done, every one of our guests at some point yeah. has said, I trust my intuition. Yeah. And and not everyone does. But, yeah, but one... you know, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Just, I got no, this I thing that you always say, and I think it's good. Because you, as, you, as soon as you said that, I could hear so many people going, oh, but I don't trust it. Oh, but mine doesn't work. Or, yeah. oh. And you say something all the time. I'm not sure what my intuition says. Yes, would that be right? You know, it would be ridiculous. And I, you use this phrase all the time. So if you don't believe in your intuition or you don't know that it's true or that you don't trust it, still our belief. What's that phrase that you use all the time? Borrow. Yeah. No, borrow our beliefs. Borrow our belief. Yes, borrow, borrow. someone else's belief. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to say Borrow. <laughs> borrow borrow your belief from us so you know if you don't trust your instinct at the moment we trust it and we are so sure in this that we trust your intuition yeah that's a really 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 good point and that's when when you don't believe in yourself then believe in your coach believe in your mentor because you can borrow someone's belief until your own belief grows because belief is like a seed and it may be the tiniest tiniest bit of hope and glimmer of hope but if you mm-hmm. water it, that hope grows into something that resonates and actually becomes a solid, firm belief and a foundation of all that you want to achieve and mm-hmm. have in your life. But you've mm-hmm. got to start. If you haven't got any belief, then you borrow somewhere else. Borrow ours. You yeah. borrow, our, borrow our belief. We tell you and we believe that your intuition is good and it works and you just have to allow it to happen. So you will yeah, go yeah. through a process of yes. learning to distinguish. Mm-hmm. So, but how do people know? So let's really get into this intuition thing. How do they know what their intuition is? How do they know if they're just making it up in their head? Like, oh, I think I ought to do that. Uh, is that me? Is that my ego? Is that like a crazy person voice in my head? Or, or is that actually my intuition? How do people know? There are two things I think uh, in my experience worked for me. 
first is that your intuition will never speak to you from fear. Right? So if, if you're afraid of something, that's not your intuition. So well, your intuition is not going to say, oh, this is very scary. Don't go there. All right? Oh, this is very I'm, scary. I'm like going, uh, but aren't there people who've, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm going to like question this. So, but aren't there people who've not, I know someone who woke up one day and said, I'm not going to take the plane this morning. I don't mm -hmm. think I want to take the plane. I'm going mm -hmm. to fly tomorrow. And that was yes. the plane that crashed into the Pentagon or whatever it was. Oh, no. Oh, yes. But the thing is, yeah, but the thing is, he was certain. He didn't feel fear. Okay, so you see where I'm trying to get clarity. So you're not saying, you're saying if it's a fearful sort of doughty, fluffy, like, oh, I don't know. But he was like, I'm just not going to take the plane. He wasn't. Exactly. Okay. He was certain. Because that's how intuition works. Intuition will always say, come this way where you feel safe, okay. right? So if you feel scared, you might, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of levels and it's a bit confusing because the, line are, the lines are very, very, um, very um, not dodgy, but very um, um, thin. It's a very thin line. So, uh, but I did that, you know, every time I, for example, I don't know, I shared this in a course the other day with some people that we were talking about attachments. And when my husband used to travel a lot, you know, I had a fear. I did. I, I think I've never recognized this as, as a trauma, but my mom passed away mm. on a very tragic train, uh, sorry, plane accident. Right. So I never was afraid to jump on another plane until I became a mother. Mm. The moment I became a mother, because, you know, I've traveled in helicopters, uh, missions, military missions. I've traveled with, with um, goats and chickens in a plane and then I've traveled first class. So I have traveled, you know, in many ways. So I've experienced turbulence and I've experienced uh, storms and landing in mud. So, you know, I've, I have experienced. But then when I became a mother, any tiny turbulence would go, <gasps> what is, you, know, <sighs> you know, and I would really get scared until the turbulence finished. But then when my husband traveled, traveled, uh, I was stuck with the feeling, oh my God, I'm so afraid that if something happens to him, I have to tell my kids that her father mm -hmm. died. And oh. that would shake me to my core, you know? And that's how I learned because that wasn't, you know, what if it's intuition and he doesn't have to get on the plane? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it was fear. It was fear, you know, and then because you, you start to pay attention. Well, in my line of work, you have to pay attention. That's why we help other people. Some other people don't need to pay attention. You know, just need to get the advice from people like us. So then when I, the first time, and I, I think I've told this before, the first time I was really certain that I was channeling a message was this one that I was driving and I was trying to, to fake be, to fake being calm when I was in a rush. And I was, yes, Marisa, you're calm, you're calm. But I, you know, my brain was I'm going, calm. <laughs> and I distinctly heard, and it wasn't her like in a sound, it was just like somewhere, I don't know. You're changing some worry for another. So I was changing the worry of being in a rush to the worry that not being able to calm myself, right? And I was so certain of it. Oh. Because this is the difference. When you're fearful and doubt and, and overprotective and, and scared, mm -hmm. 
that's not your intuition. Your intuition will always speak to you something that you are very certain of. You know, you feel, even if you don't trust it, even if you don't follow it, you know it's true, right? So you are kind of ignoring it, but you know, and it keeps repeating. It keeps repeating the same way. It keeps repeating the same way. And then your intuition usually doesn't say, oh no, that's very scary. Don't go that way. Your intuition will say, this is the right path. Come this way. Come this way. Come this way. Come this way. So that's how you learn. And it's a process, of course. You're not going to get it just, you know, because I'm listening to me. You have to practice and you have to observe because then when it feels right, right? Not an addiction, not like pleasure. No. You have to also distinguish that. It's not when you are um, uh, exceeded with pleasure, you know, like something addictive that you can't stop. That's not feeling right. Feeling right is what something makes sense when it resonates with you. You see the difference? Yeah. So that's how you start to identify your intuition. And then she had this experience, you know, and now she follows her intuition all the time. And then she developed all these gifts that took her and, you know, and she got these messages and that helped her shape her business now. Yeah, she also, because we asked her about how she knew whether she was checking with her intuition. She said she would ask for confirmation. She would sort of oh, ask, yes. is this That's another thing. Uh-huh. the right, which is really quite sensible, you know. Um, was she just being right and listening to, wanting to be in control of being right? Or was she actually being guided? And um, and she would just say, is, is this correct? Is this correct? Until yes, you can always it. ask for, yeah. And you learn the difference, you know, because I've, I've um, many times you know, my guides speak to me in songs. So I would have a problem or something that I wouldn't solve and I would be thinking about it. Then I go in the car and, you know, turn on the radio or Spotify or whatever. And the first song will tell me exactly what I need to say. And I will go, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, but it felt funny that, you know, I thought it was ridiculous that I would find answers in songs. But then I went to a, a session, an Akashic record session, and the lady said, well, you know, and I asked, but do my guides ever speak to me? How can I allow them? You know, how can I understand them? And she said, without me saying anything, well, your guides speak to you in songs. <gasps> you know, and after that, it, mm-hmm. it was a while, but any song, any song, is that a message? No, it's not, you know, because it doesn't, you know, you're in doubt. It doesn't feel that certainty. So those certainties are the ones that you're searching for. So, oh, is that a song? Is that a, a message in song? No, it's not because you're doubting, you're asking. Then when it's a message, you clearly understand and you clearly know <laughs> because it makes sense. So that's how you distinguish intuition. Yeah, I thought what was one beautiful thing she said, so I'm going to repeat it here. Um <laughs> She said that you need to tune into yourself mm-hmm. and that this is really for this is for those of you wanting to not be single. She said you have to mate with your soul in order to first to be- tune into yourself properly before you can meet someone on a date. So mate with your soul first in order to tune into yourself, capital S, yeah. before you can meet a date. Yeah, so she said something, and I wrote it down as well. Maybe I caught it different. She said, if you want to find your soulmate, you first have to, no, you have to first find your soul. Yeah. And your soul is you. Yeah, so you yeah. first find yeah. your soul, connect with your soul, with who you are, who you want to be. And then once you are free and happy, 
then you'll find a soulmate. And she said something else about playful. What did she say about playful? Remember? Well, we're talking about <laughs> dating, and you're saying that um, it we need to play with um with dating. And she talked about having life be fun and light and joyful. Oh, and I remember now. She said two things. Different. Yeah. So she said instead of dating, she calls it rotating. <laughs> <laughs> which is it's so much fun uh it's like you just keep on going out and keep just trying and going out and don't go out with one guy go out with two three you know just to keep the expectations low and just to try and test and practice different things so you kind of take off the pressure of that guy having to be the one guy right yeah and so i think that's very important because you know men do feel the energy of a woman that is kind of stressed and distressed and desperate because she feels that clock ticking. And I've seen it in, in ladies, you know, you see them and you go, Oh wow. It's like the energy punches you in the face. Yeah. They're like, and I need, I need, a, I need a baby now. I like, I have uh, three years. Yes. Before my, my hormones give up. So, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Would you be my husband? Would you be my husband? And guess what? The husband's going like, no, <laughs> and they run screaming from the room. And it's yeah. really sad because there's some of those women, actually I saw a lady in the Tony Robbins, um, seminar in fact it's one of the one of the videos that he obviously has permission to replay so he takes a recording of a woman who is absolutely like a phd doctor she was gorgeous she was probably 40 so she was desperate to have char before she ran out of time and and she and she was just sat standing there sobbing and you could see this beautiful soul sobbing and sobbing and sobbing because her she just didn't know how to just have fun with it. She she was a hundred percent into I need a husband and I need one now. And of course she was a logical PhD and everything. It made sense to her. That's what you do. That standing in her masculine energy, which we also learned from Tony Robbins that there needs to be polarity for the relationships to work. One of you needs to be playing masculine. One of you needs to be playing feminine. Oh yes. <laughs> Doesn't matter yes. if you're gay. You can both be women. You can yes. Both be you see that? I was going to say you see that even in gay couples. So yes, it's not exactly. just about men or women. So it's just it's about that the yin and yang, always, and the balance. And so, um, yeah. So it, it was the woman has to have. It is in, in 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 heterosexual relationships. It is usually it could actually be the woman was masking the man be better. Yeah, that can work. Yeah, it could it, be as well. Yeah. It should be fine. But it's usually the woman who's actually modern women. We get too masculine. We are. We're gonna make it happen. I am so like this because I have been like on my own now for a long time, and I'm like we're gonna make it happen. I'm gonna muscle it through. And I am, you know, it's not particularly attractive to blokes that I'm like this, really. No, no, that's not true. It's my, you know, but you have to find the man. So you find, you have to find that attractive first. So you have to earn it. You have to love that about you. And you'll find a man that will love you for that. You have that's to love yourself as you are. And you have to love yourself. Now, what was the other thing is that you have to, whatever you love or want in a partner... You have to be that yourself. And and that is, that she, again, this is one of those principles. Now, she's talking about relationships. Kelly's talking about relationships. But whatever you want in life, in your life, you have to be that before you can have it. You don't have it to be it. You have to be it to have it. And that that's, like, really tricky to get your head around. Yes. It's, it's really tricky to get your head around when you're not willing to let go yeah. of what the, the, the mess. Yes. You know, once you let go about, of the mess, which is... The, the problem, actually, Lisa, you know, in all of these experiences that we've had with this coach, with this interview, the problem uh, is never 
the thing or the intuition or the um the um, talent is letting go letting go of the mess letting go getting yeah. go of what they don't want in order to allow for what they want yeah because and also it's the scary. focus yeah the focus it's being scary. on what they don't want rather than what they want and relationships yeah. are actually a really good place to play with those principles because it it manifests really quickly it's really obvious because like say now we live in the world of online dating so you can you can practice loving yourself you can practice playing and being joyful and all those things and being in your feminine self mm-hmm. and you can and then and then you can go on some dates and see what happens or you can then be super masculine and you mm-hmm. can be like i'm like Arr. you can be like angry and grumpy you go on some dates and see what happens yeah. and you know you can literally play with the principles and that would be kind of a fun thing to do um, yeah. like- no expectation just having fun wouldn't that be wonderful just have fun not trying to find anything and you know, if you are uh, brave enough to jump into that pool and just do it, you might be surprised. Yeah. Oh, uh, the other thing she said was um, people are always looking for love outside of themselves. And again, same principle that you have to love yourself first. You have to be whatever you want first. You have to, you know, you have to be fulfilled and whole before mm-hmm. you can attract somebody to you, somebody uh-huh. is not going to come and complete you and make you happy. And yeah. if you expect that, you are setting yourself up for, for failure. failure. You have to be happy first. You have to be healthy first. You have you to, have to love yourself first. first. <laughs> yeah. And, and and what I like about that is that it, when, when, when people do that, you know, and they are, I had a client once, she's now my friend. And one time, a few months ago, she's, she's selling something. So she's doing in this, um, uh, so no, it's not social, it's a multi-level type thing. Yeah, we're marketing, yeah. Yes, for something that's really good, you know. Yeah. Uh, and she came to me to sell it to me, you know. I use the products, I buy the products because they're, they're wonderful for my skin, but I told her from the first, I wasn't going to join the thing because I've done so many already and I know that's not my past. My path is here in this podcast with you. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but then she came again because I needed some more product. And so, how are you doing? And she said, oh yeah, well, I'm doing great. But I could see her that she wasn't doing great. She wasn't doing bad, but her expectations were here and her training was here. But, but she wasn't getting those results. And I, and I did tell her, okay, so what do Ruby, Diamond, whatever level do? And yeah. she went, oh, they do this and they do that and they do that. Or, or so are you doing those things? <clears throat> and she went, yeah. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Do you have the attitude? Are you seeing things that way? So are you do you see yourself a winner do you because she was even saying mantras every day a winner are you living as if what is the whole thing of having written down your yourself seeing yourself in 12 months time and then living as if you are that person in 12 months time who's made the six-figure income in network marketing yeah so do you see yourself in three months achieving that oh yes all right so what would you require would you require to wake up at five in the morning would you require to be in social media every single day would you require to the course would you what all right and are you doing that and she went silence no. so I just left it there because it wasn't a session we were just a friendly meeting she came to sell me things so mm. you know I try not to be pushy mm. but uh but it was a little moment so then I had to obviously shut up because it wasn't in a session 
And then, funny enough, this is what I love things that happen. I start to see her when she posted that she finally won her next level. And she was so proud of it. And then the other level. And I will, hmm. So when I called her the other day to see when my products are going to be delivered. Oh, no, I, I saw this picture of her, this story. And I wrote to her to congratulate her. And she said, uh, well, you had something to do. You had something, some influence here. So what I, I didn't do anything. Yeah. No, but you kind of shook me. <laughs> <laughs> and you said the appropriate things but you know the thing is that when you are encountered with this situation that you have to confront the reality and accept that you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing that feeling is the one that will take you either push you to make it or pull you away because you're afraid and you want to go back to your comfort zone mm-hmm. and so I really you- want to yeah I really want to make a point because the idea of what we are doing is pushing people or, or pulling people to where they want to be. Mm. But most, a lot of people will get stuck here. If you have that thing, that natural thing, you will realize, oh my God, I'm not doing it. And then you'll start. But then you can go also the other way. Oh my God, I don't want to do all that, all that work. You know, yeah, and think, then you go to, yeah, to the process. That yeah. But yeah. then it's a, still a good thing because you will go through the process of maybe that was a fake illusion. You never wanted that, but you were fed into feeling that you needed that. Mm. And yes. you still it will say, you, you know, mm. the only problem is, or the only people that I would like to help is the people that do want to be there, but they feel they can't. Yes. You see the difference between yes. the three? Yes, you know, no, completely. Yeah, um, but it, it is... But that's that's the tricky part. Is lots of people want to get there. They like it's like it's like they get to the they have to jump over the canyon and they're like all the way to the canyon. Like I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I want to get over the canyon. I want to jump over. The, I I'm brave. I can jump over the canyon. It'll be fine. And then they peer over the edge of the canyon at the hundred foot drop. And yeah, you know, so maybe it's a six foot gap. Okay, any normal person with a big jump can make it. But they're like, what if I fail? What if I don't make it? And mm-hmm. that divides the people who succeed and the people that don't because... Exactly, because it requires that little effort. Yep. That little effort is the one that makes the difference. Yeah, and you the know, ones that jump, ones that jump, get dire, yeah. but a lot, and a lot will... And there are, there are a few, and, let, and those, those are the ones that we can help um, who will run at that canyon and then stop at the last minute and go, oh, I can't do it. And then they'll let her come to it next time. And then they'll run at the canyon and then like hit the brakes at the last minute and not do it. But those are the people who are so desperate and they're just so close. Like they're really, but they're not quite there. And they just need someone to go like, yes, you can borrow our belief and ping in Good. the air to get to the other side. The ones that go and go, yeah, there's no way I'm jumping that because I don't want to die. We can't help them because they're not even, they're not even attempting it. But yeah. people yeah, it's fake. It's it. fake. They don't really want it, but they think they do, but they don't it, want it. It's yeah, okay to stop. It's okay, it's okay to actually break down and go, I can't do this right now. But there's a difference between the person says, like, go to the canyon, I can't jump it today, and comes back tomorrow and really tries to jump it again and comes back every single day. Because if they come back every single day and they keep trying, eventually, the like it is, something will get them to jump. But yes, because they really want to. Every day, they've got to keep trying. 
you yeah. know, it's okay to fail. It's okay to say I can't. It's okay. It's part to of the process, yeah. And hide under the yeah. duvet for a week. But the important thing is to then come out of the duvet and go, okay, here we go. I'm going to try again. And because if you keep going, you cannot fail. Yeah. So, um, okay, which reminds me of something which you said, again, worth repeating here. Our greatest contractions create our greatest expansions. So again, you know, if you are somebody who's running at that, you're going to the canyon every day with the, with the plan to jump over it. Uh, every single day that you can't jump it, you're getting more and more mad at yourself. You're getting more and more tight. You're getting more and more like, ah, what's wrong with me? I can't do it. But in that way, that kind of like, you get so grumpy with yourself because you want to get to the other side. Eventually you go, yes, and you do it. And I mean, that's a very oversimplified example. But, yeah. you know, it is that the more problems, like everyone reached a threshold. In fact, Kelly had that thing where she, her life was like not a life she loved and she was having miserable relationships. She failed two marriages and it wasn't getting, and then she just couldn't, she went to, she looked around and everyone else seemed to be happy except her. And that was her like, I'm going to jump the canyon today moment. And she goes to yeah. bed and she wakes up going, I've got it. She has like a, a spiritual epiphany, a pif, epiphany saying, yes, you can. And yeah. we all, whether, we you know, some of us, it's not that we go to bed and wake up a different person. Um, it's just well, that we sometimes it is. Yes, it actually is. It is in different shapes of form, but you do. It's kind of you go to sleep and you wake up a different person or you leave your, your apartment and come a different person. It's yeah. just that quickly. Yeah. But it, it, it is that you switch, but you switch because that like suddenly you can't take it anymore. It's like a th- it's called a threshold. You hit a threshold and some people yeah. have to be really low. Other people like a little bit of discomfort. They're like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go jump the, jump the thing. You know, everyone's different. Yeah. And when you reach a threshold and um, so let's moving moving on she says something about feeling good on the way to feeling good is key and that's one of the things she teaches people in dating and she that was a long time you've got to be playful you've got to be light-hearted so we have to feel good on the way to feeling good which i think relates to gratitude and being mm-hmm. present and actually and playful and having fun and finding the good in everything like because there is always good like that there is always something to be grateful for. There is always yeah. something nice. Even in, so I mean, I, I'm in the middle of a, of a huge feud with my neighbours. And um, it's not great. It's not great at all. However, I'm sitting here recording this podcast and I'm having fun with you recording this podcast. I had fun in Clubhouse earlier on. I have enjoyed watching uh, Ken Honda talk about emotional EQ tonight. So yeah, I'm in the middle of a huge feud but I can still have fun, you know? Yeah, and and that would actually make it easier to to go through the process. You know, at the moment as well, we're in COVID, we're in lockdown, and my family is going through something very hard. uh, And we are are trying to hold on as a family to solve that problem. But still, I could be, you know, Lisa, I don't feel good and I can't, you know, I, I won't be able to do the podcast today. Yeah. Or I can go, you know what? I'm going to do the podcast podcast because usually we interview amazing people and then at the end I feel so good. And then you have the energy to deal with the bad things in your life. Yes. You know? And 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 that is, you know, again, so even if you're feeling bad, and, and look, I get it. Trust me. I don't want anyone out there. I don't want to do yeah, toxic to feel yeah, we don't want I am judge not saying that mm-hmm. you've got to make yourself feel good when you're feeling bad. Because I've talked about this before. You have to feel your feelings. And the best way to get through a bad feeling is feel it until you're like, you, you basically wrung yourself out of it. Like, 
feel bad. Like if you feel bad, feel yeah, really cry bad. It out. Yeah. <laughs> cry it out, sleep it out. Cry it out, exactly. Yeah. Just, just don't get attached to it. Just don't get attached to it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and then you'll find that it will pass. And then you can kind of go, oh, I feel better now. And then you can be grateful for that next moment. But there's always something, even when you're angry, you know, you can be, I'm really, really angry, but I'm grateful that I'm here to be angry. I am able to express my mm -hmm. anger, that I have a voice that I can scream into my pillow or, or yeah. whatever. So there is always something. And that is a way to turn, like your, your emotions are on a scale. So sort of um, anger, depression, really bottoming, you know, really negative emotions at the bottom and then joy being at the top. I think joy is, is joy the highest one. Would joy be the highest one? Well, no, it's up there with love. And yeah, love and joy and, and kindness and everything. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah. If you think of it like a musical scale, so the, the heavy emotions to the light emotions, and mm -hmm. you move up and down it all the time. And actually, this is a really kind of cool thing, that if mm -hmm. you can move your emotions just, if you feel you feel really depressed, and then you, you spend it, right? You spend that depression or you spend the anger then you can sometimes shift just a tiny bit. Like you don't expect to be joyful next, but maybe you can be like, um, yes, in fact, angry. depression is lower than anger. So if you're depressed and you go to anger, that's actually a step in the right direction. Yeah, you it's know, an action, yeah. Moving along the scale. What we want to do is move ourselves along the scale. So it's one of the ways to be able to get yourself out of funk because you attract what you are. So if you're in a funky mood, you've got to try and shift it a little bit, but you can't shift it by deny denying it. To go there, feel it, feel it, get funky with it, and then it will pass. Okay. I'll shut up about scales now. <laughs> okay, so is anything else something and um, something that it was so interesting in this interview? Oh, I know. Well, okay, oh, the trigger part, the trigger, the trigger, the trigger yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the trigger part, I'm just looking where, where, where my notes are. Yeah, so what, the thing is that you, what, what she teaches in her, so you have to check out her, her program. Uh, she, she teaches you how to deal with the triggers. First, find what triggers you on that behavior that was learned from your childhood wounds. But not only that, because, you know, most people can learn that. But then how do you process? How do you work? And because something that's very true, you'll never be able to be free from those triggers. They're always going to be there. But how you process them, how you use them into your advantage or how you just don't allow them to, to trigger you, you know, uh, is the most important part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when yeah. you start to work on yourself and start to feel whole, then you see those triggers with more kindness. Yes. And, and then you, she said, are you reacting or are you feeling? Which again is, you know, because if you're reacting, that's trigger. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling, that's a natural reaction. That's not mm -hmm. a trigger. That I mean, you're allowed to feel. You might think it's great. Yeah. You might think it's horrible. That isn't, but, but that's sort of like sort of sick making anxiety. Oh my God, oh my God. That tends to be trigger related and that's attached to your wounds. Um, it's reminding you of something where you're, you have a healing required. So... Um, she also talked about boundaries. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, I mean, my God, this woman's such an amazing dating coach. So much information. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, she said you, we need to be where we feel safe. Um, and, but, you know, not to limit ourselves in where, like to make assumptions of where we're going to be safe. So, because most yeah. of us get 
Yeah. And I think this is a classical principle that goes across the realm because we think, you know, if I do this in life, it's going to feel horrible. But you don't know for sure. And so you have to have openness to experience it. She was actually talking about, she said, like, maybe you say, I hate bald men. I'm never going to date a bald man. That would be very inflexible because it's quite yeah. possible. You don't know what you're missing. Yeah, the bald man who walks into your life is absolutely incredible in every other way. And really, if he was like incredible and like and everything you wanted, really, would it matter if he was bald? Of course not. You know, so if you're inflexible with your requirements, and that's universal principle as well, because if you're like, I want to be a multimillionaire and have a billion pound business and I want to have da -da -da and 20, 20 camels and 60 castles, and but they all have to be blue. And, you know, it's like, you can have all of that, but then pink. No, I wanted them in blue. You know, it's fine, you can't have any of it now. So, um, I mean, that's a silly example. But it, but it is about, you know, um, the universe will give you that which you desire and manifest. But, but, you, but, you know, you have to allow it to come the way that it needs to come, you know. And there has to be some flexibility in how yeah. things are delivered. It's a bit like the postman brings it in the wrong, if you go like, oh no, I'm expecting a such and such parcel, send that one away. That one's clearly the wrong parcel because it's it's got the wrong size or something. And then you realize there was a little one inside the big box and you've sent the, you know, don't look at the packaging, look yeah. at what's really matters. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's really, those are the key points. I mean. I have, I, mean, more. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple more. Yeah, I have a couple more. Yeah, just to, uh, to wrap up because I think we're taking a lot of time. But yeah. she said something about what you heal from your past, you know, your past wound, your childhood wounds, your, yes. even past lives. When you heal them, the, the good part show up in your reality now. So what you heal from their past shows, stops and shows up in your reality now. So if you heal... For example, having a, a tragic marriage in a past life or having uh, this experience that she had with her parents when she was younger and she heals that now in her now in her presence, she'll have the positive effect. Mm. So that's why it's so important to heal the wounds from the past. Mm. Yes, the more complete you can be, the more you feel yeah. into your self-worth, into your worthiness, mm. into your self-love, into your your purpose, your mission, your beingness right now, the more you can be whole, the more the universe will bring you whole and beingness and wonderful things. And it sounds so corny, but you know, but you let me give you a very simple example. You know, imagine that you have those paper cup or those, um, those white little uh, cups. Yeah, like you get from the doctor's office or thing. Yes. Yeah, and, and it has a little hole and it's going to drip. Yeah. Right. So then the, it starts to the, the level of the water starts to lower, you know, and then you keep putting adding more water and there the pressure will rip another little hole. Mm. And it starts to drip and you keep adding more water, trying to make it full. Mm. But then the pressure opens up a little another tiny hole. Right. So that's how I understood why. So it's so important to clear the, the wounds first. Because you can keep adding water and water and what's going to happen, the pressure is going to make more holes, mm -hmm. right? But then if you take the time to just fix that little hole and tape it up, mm. you know, and then you all of a sudden notice that the, the, the water doesn't go, doesn't run down so quickly. And then since you have that experience, then you can go ahead and take the time to tape that other little hole. Mm. 
and then you don't require as much water. And then finally, you end up taping and curing all those wounds and all those holes. And then you don't need water anymore because you have enough. It's full, right? So that's the idea of fixing your wounds. And you don't have to fix them all. You just have to do the most important ones or you just allow the you know, guidance to see what are the most important ones, because maybe you have a bigger hole, it would just allow to, to fix the other ones, mm. you know? 100%. That's what the idea is, what you have to, to, to learn that. And the last that, that, that I have, I don't know if you have any other, but the last one that I have that I really resonated with me is sovereignty. Is that the word? Sovereignty, sovereignty. of self. Yes. You're right? And that's sovereignty of self. Oh, sovereignty of self. Okay. Yeah. So it's like you are your sovereign. You own yourself and then you are accountable. You hold yourself accountable and you are responsible because she said something as well that, you know, in a relationship, it's not only one because you've kind of made a commitment. All right. Because that person is showing you what you have to learn. So it's, you have to also own up to your own behavior. You also have to own up to your own fear. You have to own up to yourself. So that person can also change. And when you are sovereign of your own self, that person, if it's not right for you and just was here to show you something, it will go away and you'll be clear and you will be free. But you are your own sovereign. That, I thought that was lovely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So many, so many golden nuggets. I mean, so much mm -hmm. wisdom um, packed into, and all, all I can say, if you are single and mm -hmm. you have had problems attracting the partner of your dreams, go talk to Kelly. She has a course, yeah. she has an academy, the Man Magnet Academy. And um, I, I'm, I mean, I'm single, so I'm thinking, hmm, Maybe I should go. <laughs> I'm married and I'm still going. <laughs> so we're I've going been for we're 17 going years. I'm still going. Yeah. We immediately sign up for our, our, our guest uh, course here. That, that, yeah. uh, that's a pretty good reference then. <laughs> it must be good. Okay. I think we're done. I think we've covered yeah. everything. I think it was such an experience. And there might be more. They might have to do a follow up because there were so much teachings in this. In this. So many things. But we actually, we've said we'll do a special because we're going to do a special on. So a couple of our guests, there was like more than we could cover. And so what we thought we might do is we'll do some specials at some point. So maybe we'll yeah. do a sort of dating special and look at all the different things from this and, and add some other speakers yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. So that sounds brilliant. Okay, because yeah. you know, having having a, a partner you love is very much an important part for most people. Having a life you love is definitely health, wealth and relationships are the keys, the key constituents of a life you love. So uh, you need it all. Right, I'm back to go and watch my Money EQ now. That's my homework for myself today. You've got to keep learning, guys. You've got to keep Health, learning. Wealth and relationships, yeah. Exactly. All right, well, don't forget, follow us on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you're watching Spotify, us. wherever you find us. Yeah, yeah, wherever you're finding us. Review and us. Share. We need yes. more reviews, guys. Come yeah, on. We like, need to, we need to hit 1,000, 2,000 followers. I don't know how much, how many. But uh, yeah, just the idea is that you are, if you love this, share it because, you know, it might help someone. If it just yeah. only helps one person, we will be more than happy with that result. Share, share our website on your, you know, www.thedreamteampodcast.com. Share it on your Facebook. Share it on your Instagram. 
uh, share our posts on Instagram, which have little mini audiograms, little bits of our podcast. Share that. Just stick it on your Instagram page and say, check this out, guys. We really want to grow this. We want to get our message across. And again, thank you to everyone in India and America and UK and Peru. And Peru, of course, all my friends. Peru <laughs> is number one. That's like our biggest following. But we need more Americans. Come on, you guys. So we've yeah. got to get out to the Yanks. So anyway, uh, well, we, we love you all. We love doing this podcast. We can't wait to do more and more. And then like in a year's time, catch up with, see where everyone is on our early people. So we've got a lot of work to do. So let's get this going, guys. Thank all you right. for listening. And we'll see you all in the future. And don't forget to live a life you love. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Dream Team Podcast. You can catch Lisa and Marissa every Monday and Thursday. Don't forget to subscribe and review and dream on.